Hi, welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Lauren Goodall. I am a clinical psychologist, and this is Psychology in Short. Today we're going to talk a little bit, or I should say this episode, I don't know what time of day you have (laughs) where you're um, listening in from, but um, this episode is going to be a continuation of bipolar. There were some pieces that I thought, you know what, I'm going to go into a little more detail there um, because the questions do come in. And so I'm going to take a little more time with that. Um, And I am going to say before we start, I have a web page. It's drlaurengoodall.com. It's where you can leave me some feedback in terms of topics that may interest you. It certainly is helpful um, and it certainly helps give me some direction. Okay. And also I have a book, it's called Bipolar is Not an STD. It is available on Amazon and I do take excerpts from it. Um, It does cover mood disorders, bipolar, and personality disorders more extensively. Um, Also some relationship issues, just kind of some fun stuff in there related to relationships. So uh, just to let you know. And so let's just dive into it. All right, so the term bipolar one basically means that you have two distinctive uh, areas of issue, areas in mood and areas in energy. And that's why I would get so frustrated when I would hear people giving behavioral descriptors of bipolar because they're usually like, unreliable, doesn't come to work on time, doesn't focus or is hyper-focused. And basically you could describe that about a lot of different things. Um, So the behavioral aspect is really uh, not going to be helpful, especially because you have brain biology on board that is triggering changes in the neurotransmitters, the chemical messengers, that's either depleting your energy and depleting your mood, okay, or it's engaging it at full speed. Um, I will say that there are millions of people who deal with this. It's very treatable, but the battle usually is figuring it out and what's going on. That is like the most confusing part uh, because of its onset. Usually, although children can have bipolar, that's a whole other topic, but say the majority come in in their mid late 20s in terms of onset so and it's a really confusing time to have an onset because basically it's like a genetic switch kicks on and a person's doing other things they're involved in relationship issues they're involved in work related issues so all of that will tend to just make the diagnosis very hard to make it'll be very confusing um I've never been a fan of the term bipolar, um, mainly because of stereotypes. Whatever we don't understand, we just throw stereotypes to. And, you know, it's like the path of least resistance. It just is so not helpful. And even with professionals, there are a lot of professionals that really don't understand it. Um, I talked a little bit last episode about four different components, depression, Okay, so we kind of know what that is, low energy, sad mood, and anxiety. I said how anxiety always likes to hang out with depression. Um, They're usually comorbid. You get one, you get the other. It's just a matter of degree in terms of which one's more prominent. Anxiety's no picnic either. 
Um, that's a lot of worry. Um, that could be panic attacks. Um, anyway, anxiety likes to go is a distance runner in bipolar. It likes to scan the full distance, okay? And so it can be present in mania as well, okay? So we'll talk, I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about what mania is, um, but basically it's super high energy. I call it super high energy plus projects. Um, and impulsivity. You tend to see more impulsive behavior uh, with bipolar. Uh, kind of the, no, you know, you kind of lose your filter. You may be, um, you, you'd probably say and do a few things that you probably wouldn't if you weren't in that space, okay? So just think of the mania aspect as having your norepinephrine or the coffee neurotransmitter in your brain, the thing that wakes you up, instead of making you a cup of coffee, it's presenting you with several cups of coffee, probably espresso more or less. And there's only so much of that you can take before you feel really, really uncomfortable. And it also affects your focus, okay? Um, but the impulsive aspect is you'll be more chatty, you'll be more sociable, uh, you may be more intimate than you normally would be. Um, your sex life increases, not always, but can, okay? Um, and sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes that's not a good thing. Um, you may spend more money than usual, you know? Basically, you start, you're starting to operate uh, without the usual breaks that you may normally apply in your life. Uh, although I will say that people with bipolar tend to be Mm, great entrepreneurs. They are wonderful at creative uh, in terms of making things happen. Um, but in the maintenance aspect, things that require day-to-day -day detail, eh, that's probably not going to be their thing. But that's usually why they have to hire people to do those kinds of things. Um, bipolar people are very successful people. Um, so I think, you know, basically it's the management of of the diagnosis. And as I said, millions of people have this di diagnosis. So it is very treatable, but the battle usually is, is just getting the diagnosis and understanding it. Um, most of the time people don't understand. I call it the uh, fluctuation in functioning. Okay. Uh, I think that's a better word than bipolar. Uh, there's, there's a fluctuation in functioning. So one minute they're going, 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 and they're on everything and they're very, very, you know, managing everything, following up with everything. And then the next minute they're not getting out of bed. All of a sudden it's like a COVID crisis. Like they have no energy. They don't follow up. They're radio silent. You, you don't know what happened to them. So there's going to be, you know, distinctive spaces with this, um, Although with bipolar 1, usually the depression cycle is not as prevalent as the mania cycles, okay? So, and a lot of people do a lot, uh, function a great deal in between these two spaces. It's just the valley they don't do well with or the mountains they don't do well with, meaning the depression or the mania. Uh, those are just so extreme. They're very, very hard to manage. Um, and... Let's see. As I said, the big thing in understanding bipolar, and I take this quote, um, and even professionals are getting it wrong because they always do these descriptive 
behaviors, describe what they're doing, describe what they're doing. That's part of it, but the descriptors can fall under a lot of different headings um, and a, a lot of different disorders. So, you know, you can get matched up with different disorders based on these uh, behavior patterns. So the behavior doesn't really tell the story. I say it's the energy, energy shifting and the mood shifts to look for, okay? Quote, out of my book, I said, professionals are getting lost in descriptive behavior patterns with bipolar when it's more important to track energy shifts and mood shifts. And so, and I say, I, I believe the key is not the behavior, okay? Those are just the signs. Those are just like the little... The, the little flashes, but they're not the big program. They are the indicator light, but they don't necessarily tell the story. Um, they just let you know it's kind of like a check engine light. Something's going on, but it's probably not what you think, okay? Because like I said, people get, and I said this before, you know, people get kind of faced with it. You just need tough love. You just need this. You need some consistency in your life. Well, yeah, they need some consistency, but there is a biological component, a brain component, uh, a neurotransmitter com component, a few neurotransmitters that just kind of don't want to do what they're supposed to do. They don't kind of want to land where they're supposed to land, and they need a little assistance landing it, okay? Um, I'm also going to talk a little bit about some of the terms. Grandiosity. Grandiosity is listed in a lot of the inventories, and, and I really hate the term because nobody really knows what it means, okay? They think they know what it means. Is a person grandiose? I'd like to say, well, what's your definition of grandiose? Okay, let me tell you what my definition of grandiose is. And like I said, it's all over the inventories, but it's not really very helpful, okay? Grandiosity is more like arrogance on steroids, okay? Um, and when a person gets very manic, okay, manic, what were the signs? The speech accelerates. Basically, it's like your brain is a battery pack and it's plugged in and it just, you know, they could cover a lot of topics quickly, but the spe the speech will change, okay? They will spend a lot of time talking and, but it will be rapid fire talking. They can cover a lot of topics, okay? But there is good mania meaning there's a lot of energy there. And, and like I said, there's a lot of people who have a form of mania and they have a lot of energy and they're not hanging out in psych hospitals or outpatient. They're at the gym. They're trying to burn it off. And they tend to be very thin, okay, because they're burning energy all the time. But the positive aspect of mania is when I say hyper and projects. Okay, so imagine a line going from the depression across to the mania. And um, as long as you don't get too much energy, you could still focus. Once a person gets too manic, they don't sleep. It's like um, they can pull all-nighters, like nothing happened. It is a non-issue. That's a sign of mania. They're like, oh yeah, I haven't slept in two days and it's not a problem. Um, that'll be a sign. Okay, um, mania is good mania and, and hyper like happy. When I say good, I mean just kind of hyper, hyper focused on projects, sometimes too many projects. And if you get too manic, you have a hard time completing any of them. The starting and the stopping and the distractibility is kind of wild and that needs some assistance. But 
the grandiosity a lot of times comes in where a person can be manic and they could just be angry. Okay. And I've seen this closest in like road rage incidents. You know, people who have get angry on a dime, smallest thing, they start shooting off. And that's what my clients would say. The smallest thing would get them so, 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 so angry. And it was the energy, you know, anger is energy. Okay. It takes energy to have anger. Okay. And so too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. Grandiosity presents in road rage where there's that, like I said, it's like, uh, it's on, it's on steroids. It's arrogance on steroids. You may, you know, you mess this up. This is so messed up. It's all your fault. And they kind of take things completely out of context, right? Um, so that's a very uncomfortable state. Um, and I, I get frustrated as a clinician when we put all these people in anger management classes. I mean, they have some benefit in terms of behaviors and understanding your behavior. But really, a lot of people who have those types of episodes, they're more of a manic episode and a bad one at that, an angry manic episode. And I'd say it's about as desirable, probably, as a person who drinks too much. You know, you have a happy drunk and you have a mean drunk, okay? So if the brain does too much of a good thing, it becomes a bad thing. But it's very treatable. So I'd like to see, you know, it would be nice if the court systems could say, okay, a lot of these people are untreated in terms of bipolar conditions um, or other conditions, quite honestly. It could be other impulse control things, but there is that element that's present there. And also, a lot of people don't get that angry manic. They're happy manic. So uh, I would say the majority are more the happier variety. But just the same, it's an extreme in functioning, and it becomes too hard. And so you have to seek out some form of therapy, as well as some medication management that is, you know, self-medicating that. Uh, People do try it. I'm not saying they don't do it. I'm just, you know, it's it's the harder road. Let's just say that. It's all been done before, but it's definitely the harder road. Um... The next issue that I'd like to talk about is psychosis. A lot of times with bipolar, the idea of psychosis comes along. Psychosis is not necessarily the tag along of bipolar. It can be, but psychosis can also be the tag along for other conditions as well. Okay, so it doesn't have to go with bipolar. What is psychosis? Psychosis is Uh, visual hallucinations, where you see things that aren't there, auditory hallucinations, where you hear things that aren't there, Uh, delusions are false beliefs. Um, Usually people think, you know, uh, extreme things, like they're super successful, super famous, um, you know, something like that. Those are all delusions. Um, But bipolar, just because you have bipolar does not make you psychotic, okay? Um, but there's sometimes there's some wording that's close with it. And I find it very irritating because I've worked over 20 years with people with bipolar and I really came across that very rarely, the psychosis end of it. Um, it was just mostly the mood shifts and the energy shifts. And, um, you know, 
And that's what people need to understand instead of all this describe the behavior thing. Like I said, the behavior can be confused with ADHD. The behavior can be can be confused with uh, people who go drinking at the bar. Okay, so but you really need to understand these pieces. And as a patient, the delays in diagnosis, in part, you know, are you know a the way you're asked about your condition, but b the way you describe it. So if you could track your energy, if you could track your mood and describe it that way in terms of what you can do, what you can't do, things like that, that certainly helps your provider tighten it up a bit. Um, so I think those things are really important. Um, let's see if, if I have anything else I want to say about it, but um, I'll talk about this term rapid cycling. They say if you have four more episodes a year, you're a rapid cycler. Um, Basically, so you have this low end and you have this high end. And there is actually a um, spectrum in between, I would say. And a lot of people fall more in that in-between space or on the lower end. And I'll talk more about that uh, bipolar 2. Um, so, but the idea of rapid cycling is that people have more recurrence. And, you know, obviously you don't want extreme reoccurrence. It's just too uncomfortable either way. Um, so that's that's a, a term, um, rapid cycling. But I've also seen people who can shift moods relatively. Um, rather than distinct periods of days, um, they can shift moods in periods of hours. And uh, that's a description in the books that I don't agree with because I've, I've seen people do that. And I think a lot of people have seen that, you know. But by the time research comes to fruition, and inventories are good, but sometimes they get some wording messed up. Uh, the term grandiosity has, has caused so much misdiagnosis when I would have people come to see me. They're like, hey, but I'm not grandiose. And 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 I get it. Actually, most people with bipolar aren't. They're they're more down on themselves than they are, uh, you know, in your face, so to speak, or entitled, or uh, that's usually not with mood disorders. So I think that's something in the research that just doesn't pan out well. Um, so it just is what it is. But it's very treatable. And think about bipolar more or less as fluctuation and functioning, and with distinctive periods. And so not to get it confused with, um, you know, behavioral issues. Uh, I think that's the biggest battle. And of course, uh, go see the psych nurse or a psychiatrist to help assist you. And keeping in mind that biological components are very much involved in this diagnosis. And there is psychological components, of course. And we tie those in. But we want to try to regulate the biology first. And then we start taking apart the psychology. Because if you do it the other way around, just focus on the psychological aspects that the person's dealing with, because people are dealing with things, okay? And they are dealing with stressors and everyday stressors. But you, you'll end up in therapy for years before figuring out you have a biological issue that's tying in and creating a bigger issue for you. So I always say, treat the biology and then let's, you know, get to the psychology. Um, it just works out better and you have to have some level of brain knowledge to work with with mood disorders very well. Otherwise, 
You're just going to, you know, just keep going up, coming down, going up, coming down, and you're not going to be helping your clients. So with this, I think this is a good space to close up. And again, um, visit me at drlaurengoodall.com, my webpage, and uh, throw in some, some ideas for some topics. And uh, thank you for joining me.